hi there and welcome to the In The Saddle podcast. My name is Jesse Fidgen and I'm joined by the usual lineup of Chris Loader, Mark Roy-Horsey and Paul Callahan. This week we're looking across two days, the 2nd and 3rd of October. We're in October already, lads. Spooky season is upon us. Um, we'll be focusing on Ascot. We'll be looking at Newmarket and then across then to our froggy friends Paris in Paris Longchamp. So how are we feeling looking ahead at the weekend, folks, um, given the weather and stuff like that? I know, Chris, you're you're quite keen on on uh, groundsman duties here. Yeah, well, it's going to be uh, raining this weekend. We need a bit of rain for the forthcoming national hunt season. But I actually quite like it uh, when we get soft ground. I know a lot of people will complain and go, we don't get a level playing field. But from a punting perspective it rules out normally half the field you know because you want to be backing horses that have got form on soft ground um you know and sometimes you get some good value out there early especially if you notice one that will be able to handle the conditions before everyone else clicks onto it so so yeah really looking forward to this weekend uh one of my favorite weekends of the year and hopefully we can uh, find some winners for the listeners absolutely we don't mind if when it's raining if once it's raining money what well raining tips what about you mark how's things on your end good um i'm in better form than you uh, the big didn't go well for you the other night but yeah i'm all good uh rain, raining money on my end as usual for sure i'm hoping for the same thing in the listeners here so you know i gotta recoup those losses no pressure. How, about, <laughs> how about you Polly? i'm absolutely flying so i am i can't wait now to get stuck into this missed last week's episode so raring to go and uh great to be back on the podcast so yeah, it's a tricky old, tricky old time of the year now to be trying to back winners on the flat, with always that kind of crossover period is can always be a bit tricky with horses coming to the end of their campaign and some handling their the race is a bit better than others. But um, yeah, it should be a great weekend. Great stuff, and always good to have you back as well. So we may as well then kick off with our first race, which we're looking at, which is over at Oscot, which is the two hundred five Open Group Roost Stakes. It's a listed race. Um, class one with nine runners. Paul, we'll go straight to you then first off. Well, I suppose I went before Ignite for the last couple of runs and he, he managed to come home in front. It's, you know, I think it's hard to oppose him again. He's obviously in, in great health. Um, he's been kept going by connections. He's had a busy campaign of late. And I think if those races haven't left a mark, I, I just do find it hard to oppose him. Tis marvellous, spearheads the list of dangers. Dakota Gold's on known form, I don't think would be good enough to beat Hurricane Ivor in the, in the form that Hurricane Ivor is in at the moment. And I do fancy Hurricane Ivor to complete the hat-trick of victory. So yeah. yeah, for sure. We've tipped up Hurricane Ivor a couple of times over the last couple of weeks, so hopefully he can go again. How about you, Mark? Actually, in disagreement with Paul Callahan, um, a normal thing on this podcast. But yeah, actually... Um, I actually want to oppose Hurricane Ivor here, just on the ground. Um, I'm in London just now in Hammersmith, and it's absolutely bucking it down. Um, I expect the ground to be soft, um, maybe soft to heavy in places come uh, Saturday. I just think this horse is going to hate the ground. Um, has course distance form, but two runs on soft ground, unplaced on both runs, absolutely tailed off. Um, I think this is a place lay. If this Hurricane Ivor goes off, Pretty sure I'd, I'd be laying this one in the three place market, maybe four place market. Um, for win purposes, I'm quite keen on Carol Burks significantly uh, for win purposes. Uh, beat Hurricane Ivor, of course, in distance on the 10th of July, £5 
better off in the weights as well. So that's where I'll play this race. Um, probably have a small win on significantly in the win market and I'll play Slay Hurricane Ivor. And how about you, Chris? Who are you looking at between these guys or have you got somebody on the outside? Yeah, I'm quite keen on the chance of Dakota Gold. He really needs soft ground. Um, he seems to be a different animal when he gets his conditions. And he's actually won the last two renewals of this race. It was actually staged at Nottingham last year. And he was able to win that race there. And he won it before in 2019 when it was uh, testing conditions. He's always a horse that their connections kind of release July, August time. And then he, he really takes a few runs to get going. And once we then head into the autumn, he's absolutely flying. Um, he won both his starts this time uh, last year on soft ground. Versatile over six and five furlongs. He gets five pounds from Dakota. Um, and he gets five pounds from Hurricane Ivor, who... I think does have a very good a very good chance, but I just worry about that five pound penalty. Tis marvelous would want um, quicker ground significantly. Obviously, you respect him, but for me, I I think the Goat Cold could bounce back. Michael Dodd's horses have been running a little bit better as well. I just think he's the value pick in the race, and I'm hoping it he can uh, get a third success in a row. So for me, Dakota Gold. All is giggling like a, like a giddy child, so he is at the moment at, a, at Chris's selection. Well, just recap that Paul has chosen the Hurricane Ivor mark with significantly to win or a place lay on Hurricane Ivor and Chris with Dakota Gold. We'll move on now to the 240 ABF slash BGC Cumberland Lodge Stakes. It's a group three race and it currently has eight runners. So, Paul, Finn, as you're in such good humour, tell us who you have for this one. I'm going to take a chance on the Huey Morrison trained Quickthorn, who is a previous course and distance winner, but I thought he did incredibly well to win at Salisbury last night. Back on the 10th of September, he lost the lost many lengths at the start. Of course, Salisbury at the, I think it was the, the mile and six start, it's a tape start. And he went to, when the starter let them go, he tried to duck back out the, up the horseshoe where he came out, of course. I know it was a condition of stakes race. He's going to have to step up on that performance, but it was an incredible, if you get a chance to look at the race, it was an incredible performance to, to get back into contention and indeed run out a winner on that occasion. How come, you know, he was just denied at Kempton last time out by the William Haggis train, Hamish. That was at the beginning of September. There was reports after that there was possibly respiratory problems from that run. He wears, he's declared he over the tongue tie on Saturday afternoon and I think that the going at the minute is good to soft if there's any soft in the ground if, if the horse has you know problems with his wind that wouldn't be ideal for Hookham so on the back of that performance on the back of his performance the last day if, the, if there are if he did make a noise he wears the tongue tight here if the ground does come up soft or with good to soft if good to soft you get away with but definitely if the ground comes up soft bear in mind that the, this ground has been running all year so it's not going to be good to soft that you're getting in June or May time it's going to be quite churned up. Um, title would have a chance as well for David Egan and Roger Varian, but on the back of his last performance, I think Quick Torn, he will need to step up again. But I thought all things considered, if, if anyone gets a chance to watch his win the last day at Salisbury, it really was a remarkable victory. And I, I'm going to take the chance that he can improve on the back of that performance and take this Group 3 event. And Chris, what are you thinking about that? Yeah, I think Paul's... Uh pretty on the money there with quick four and i do think he's the one where we don't quite know his limitations yet uh one at royal ascot earlier this year um i think he's got a really good chance and i'm frightened of him most um hookham i think is 
obviously the the right favourite, but you would worry about him being on the go a lot this year. Uh, he had every chance, arguably, to win that race at uh, at uh, at Kempton last time we saw him in the September stakes. And I just I just worry if he's had a little bit too much racing and maybe needs to uh, be put away and either go to the breeding sheds or have a break for for another campaign as a five year old. When I come down on is a lunac, um, just attempt to vote for him. Really, uh, it's more of a price thing to be honest with you. Um, uh, handles these conditions okay is a horse that sometimes can be a bit quirky can throw an absolute stinker in but he seems to have been in a better uh, place this year it's good some good form next to his name he's on better terms as well with uh, Quickthorn uh, there was quite a bit of weight between them when they met at Royal Ascot they're on better terms than when they met in the Ebor as well I just think uh, Alunak uh, there he's run about 13 or 2 7 or 1 in places I think that's a fair each way bet here and uh, I think he'll go fairly close so yeah just uh, just small stakes on Alunak but I think he'll give you a good run for your money and Mark who's your fancy? Um. I'm quite keen on um, quick form, same as Paul Callan here. Um, I think that, again, the ground's going to be a big factor here. And I, I can see this being an absolute bog come Saturday. I think I absolutely love it, quick form. Um, expecting a big run here as well. I think there's a lot on here aren't going to like the ground. Also, the point on Hookham, I think had every chance last time out. Um, and obviously, the eventual winner, Hamish, came off a long layoff. Um, you know, I think you've got to be against who come here uh, for winning place purposes. I could see this thing being tailed off as well if the ground's soft, soft to heavy in places, if it has had uh, breathing problems. So, again, I don't want to be too negative here, but I think you've got to take on the short ones here. I think you'd be placing who come and back in quick form for win purposes. That's how I'd play it because I know we know quick form is going to love the ground. Yeah, absolutely. So that's Mark and Paul both in the greens with Pig Torn or quick thorns, should I say, and Chris with Alunak, and Mark also um, with a little nod to place lane Hookham. So we'll move on now to the 315. It's a John Guest Racing Bengoff Stakes. It's a group three race, and there are 14 runners. So, Chris, how about you? Who are you looking at here? Yeah, I was quite keen on the chances here of the dream for David Egan and Charlie Fellows. Now, this horse is been running quite well this year um and and she probably does need quite a few things to fall right for her she gets the Phillies allowance in her she's a three-year-old um but I think some of her form reads quite well earlier on this season she finished third on her second lifetime start um in the Fred Darling stakes behind alcohol free alcohol free obviously has been uh, a very good star filly for Andrew Bolden this year she ran um, over seven furlongs at Royal Ascot where she was uh, running on really strongly at the end behind Creative Force. That's pretty good form in the, in the context of this race. She won't mind the ground as well. She's seemed to have shown a liking for a bit of ease and conditions. She, she finished fourth last time at Dobie in a group three, but she was denied um, a clear run on a few occasions. I don't think Mikel Barcelona gave her a particularly good ride that day. I think that she could get a nice turn to the race. She can have Glenn Shill as well. Uh, that's probably going to be up there forcing things. I just think it could set up for the closers here. And the dream, uh, I think, on some of the earlier form is quite a big price there. And uh, I'd be disappointed if she couldn't be competitive. So, yeah, the dream is going to be my selection in this race. Yeah, the dream currently 14 to 1 on the Betfair uh, Sportsbook. How about you, Mark? Who are you looking at on this one? Um, 
I'm with one that Chris Lewis just mentioned there, Archie Watson's Glenn Shield. Um, it's a seven-year-old, but has course and distance for him. And again, going back to that, that ground factor, I love the ground. Um, and another one of Dutch two in this race for win purposes uh, is Eve Johnson Hewen's uh, punch bowl flyer. Again, uh, I expect this one's probably going to be a big price. Uh, we'll love the ground. What, what, what price are they to at the moment, Jesse? Glenn Shiel is currently three to one and Punch Ball Flyer is 25 to one on the Betfair um, Sportsbook. I'll be honest with you, I was quite surprised that Glenn Shiel was so short. Um, I probably would have had them a bit closer, maybe well, maybe eight and 10 to one, the pair. Um, I do think Punch Ball Flyer is a massive price. I mean, that would be an each way play for me, guaranteed. I mean, especially if you can get four places on, on the Sportsbook. Glenn Shiel is a bit short, not three to one. You'd be, you'd be expecting bigger than that. Mark is looking for bigger. What are you looking for, Paul? <laughs> I'd probably look elsewhere. There are some bet, um, some of your high street betting firms are, are quite good out there at Chop Around, all right. Um, I'm going to side with Tab Deed, who's drawn at Stall 14, was beaten less than was beaten less than half a length by Happy Romance in a Group 3 event at Newbury back in July. I suppose he's been disappointing on his, both his runs since when he's, he's finished second on both occasions at Newmarket and York, respectively. He was a beaten favourite at Newmarket on his next start. That was back on the 28th of August, and he was since second to four at York at the beginning of September in a listed event. And he was well held. He, to be fair, he was well held, but he had Walker trained great ambassador on that occasion. But Tab Deed, I just think he could bounce back. He's favourably drawn here. I'd imagine the, the high numbers could well be the, the place to be come Saturday afternoon. You'd imagine when the ground gets soft, they often come up the stand side rails. So... Just going to take a chance that Tab Deed from stall 14 can outrun his odds. He's around about the 12 to 1 mark. Jim Crowley takes the mount for trainer Owen Burroughs. So that's Paul with Tab Deed. That's Mark with Glenn Shield or Punchball Flyer at a massive 25 to 1. Hour. And then there's Chris with the Dream. So on to the 350. It's Quine Productions, the Fall Challenge Cup. It's a heritage handicap. And that is a class 2 18 runner race. So, Mark, who are we looking at here? Yeah, I thought this was a bit of a minefield, um, to be honest with you. I thought it was quite, quite tricky. Um, but I have dropped on, let me find the race here. I think I'm with Aldery again. William Haggis's uh, loves the ground. Um, Ryan was quite sweet on this one off camera as well today. So, you probably want to take note of. I can see Lucky Lord is opening up Betfair right now getting the price um but yeah has good form behind rifleman at york last time out uh prior to this run at Ascot behind dania uh, which is solid so uh Aldery for me here well william haggis yard of form and chris what what are you thinking here now yeah i'm quite sweet here on the chances of tom for rich kingscote and rafe beckett uh can't rain enough for this horse um has been a bit high in the weights this season but as been campaigning at a higher level the listed group three kind of contest now back into handicap company um he won two very good handicaps uh towards the end of last season in october and november when the ground was uh on the heavy side so the conditions should be right up his street seven furlong seems to be his trip as well uh he's got a good draw as well i wouldn't want to be drawn too low i always like uh, a draw where you're middle to high at ascot i think it's always good to be stand stand side and I just think uh, he could could be when he gets his ground uh, um, a group horse in this kind of race, and um, I think he's more than capable of defying a big weight. I would also as well just give a positive mention for Pierre Lapin, uh, who's a horse that I really thought would go places with Roger Vera, and he won the Mill Reef as a as a two year old, 
Um, kind of went missing last season for Roger Verin. Was um, well fancied for the Commonwealth Cup, but was never able to get in it at all. He's since gone to Adrian McGuinness's. And I thought last time at Leopardstown, it was a little bit more like it. He won't mind a little bit of ease and conditions. Just thought he was an interesting runner coming across the Irish Sea uh, to target uh, this handicap. So, yeah, Pierre Lafan as well. Just an interesting runner. But, and if you fancied him each way, I wouldn't put you off. But my main selection is Tom Farrer, who I do think will go really close in this race. And Polly, who are you looking at? I really like Accidental Agent. Um, he's a bit of a quirky character. He has his own way of doing things. He's a seriously talented individual, I think, who could have a lot more ones next to his name. Um, I think in totally six victories from 36 starts. He was last seen. He only managed to beat one home at Newmarket last time out in a Group 2 event back on the 24th of September. He wasn't beaten all that far at the Royal meeting. I put him up in the group one, the Queen Anne Stakes. And I know he finished seventh on that. He finished seventh of 11 on that occasion, but he actually wasn't beaten that far. It was a crack and run for a group, group one event. And I just think at a price, there's sure to be extra places here, I imagine, in this heritage handicap. And I just think Accidental Agent can outrun his big odds. He's around about the 25 to 1 mark. George Adobe claims a valuable 3 of 9, 10, which I don't think will make any difference. I think he's, you know, I think he could he could win with 10 stone on his back. He's that talented, but I just think he has his own way of doing things. He's quite, he can get slightly strung down at the, the start. So I think it'll be interesting. They'll have to keep a, a lid on him and where's the cheek pieces. And he has his quirks, but he's talented. Yeah, definitely want to look at, at that price um, at the moment. So that's Paul with Accidental Agent, Mark with Al Dari and Chris with Tom Free. So now switching over to Newmarket, we're looking at the 255 Kingdom of Bahrain Sun Chariot Stakes. It's a Group 1 race with 13 runners. Mark, who are you looking at here? So this is a top race, uh, proper proper uh, Group 1. Um, I'm quite keen on uh, Mother Earth, again Ryan Moore. Sweet on this one. Um, very consistent and likeable. Uh, Should have won the Matron last time out. Uh, confident she can turn that form around with no speak Alexander. Um, Snow Lantern is the danger. So there you go. There's a forecast for everyone. Gordon Sweet from Mark. Chris, who are you looking at here? Well, I'm actually going on one of uh, Mark's old tips here, Fev Rover. Um, obviously, uh, Mark was quite sweet on her last time out in, in the group. You know, one last time out. See, it's a poor ride. Too much to do. I was all over it, 12 to 1. Well, as soon as I saw that race, I thought... It cost me four figures, that. So I wasn't very happy. Well, as soon as I saw, as I saw showing off. Well, as Sorry. soon as I saw the performance, I thought, right, when she runs against her own sex again, this is going to be the day for her because she actually hasn't been raced that many times this season. She's only had four goes, and her last run was returning from a break. Uh, Jamie Spencer as well has been booked to. We know he's going to hold this horse up, but that's also, the one, isn't it? Like, I, I, th I think there's a really good jockey booking. Um, I, I think she was given far too much to do last time out. And uh, she would have won my clear run. I think she was odds on and running as well in the exchange. Yeah, well, I I, I think she's got a very good chance. And like I say it just looked like a prep run. I I, I would imagine that this has been her target. Um, for yes, she's loaded up right now. Awesome. If you think five, aren't you? Um, won't mind. I'm just admiring uh, uh, Paul Callahan in his in his lovely uh, in the saddle jacket. So I am. Yeah, yeah, he kept that one quiet, didn't he, Paul Gallagher? Yeah, great merch available. Absolutely. Model, yeah. They didn't ask any us to model any of the gear, you know, it's unfortunate. <laughs> We've got faces for radio as for our politics yeah. and crack all together. Yeah. Anyway, back to Fev Rover. 
Fevrova won't mind the ground. Um, I just think she'll go very close in this race. I just think the horses at the top of the market, Mother Earth, Snowland, and they've been on the go a lot this season, whereas Fevrova, she's only had a handful of starts. Uh, I think this is the day for her, and uh, I think she'll go very close, and I think she's a big price. So for me, she'll go. She'll do very nicely. Great to see now Fevrova comes back to haunt your mark after not picking her out this time. Uh, the last know? time. It wasn't my fault. It's just giving a shit ride, you know? <laughs> Ah, yeah, sure. We're all used to having a bit of that somewhere. Uh, not really. Not, not, not recently. Yeah, <laughs> good form, you know? I don't Anyways. know. Well, okay, let's keep this clean, okay? Paul no Callahan, what do you fancy? Um, I, look, I'm going to side with Mother Earth. My trouble in running behind No Speak Alexander uh, in the matron stakes at Leperson last time out. And I think Ryan Moore but he had very little option in giving Mother Earth an easy time with it, but he didn't try the force. There's always another day. And um, obviously you need connections to be his understanding when riding that, that, you know, there is another day that, you know, your winning chance is gone. And yeah, I think Snow Lantern has that tendency to be a bit keen, hasn't she? So it'll be interesting. You know, she's won over a mile, but she does, just has that tendency to, she'll be looking for plenty of pace on Sean Levy well to just try and help him get Snow Lantern settled. I can't see no Alexander with a clear run, but everyone getting a, a fair crack at this on, on Saturday afternoon. I can't see no speak Alexander confirming that form. And when you go when you go south of that in the betting, it's very hard to, to see the others on if everyone runs to their mark, um, I think Mother Earth takes the beating here from stall ten. Well, what did you make of that right, everyone? What did you make of that right from uh, No Speak Alexander? Do you think he should have been done for Curly Friday for that? Because when I watched it, like I was thinking he knew exactly what he was doing. Like that could have caused like a serious accident. Yeah, I suppose it could it could have, but I thought it was amazing that he kept the race. I'm being honest with you, like I thought it was unbelievable he kept the race. Yeah, it's like it happens. There was a couple of rides that were, I suppose, were a bit sus. Um, that not sus, but they were just they were, I suppose, careless riding. But you know, quite similar where the I think if you look at that run on the same, I think it was that race, or maybe it was one of the races that Shane did have a winner in, I think the, the elbows had, had come out as well. Um, he bet, bet you know, Fev Rover as well, didn't he? Crystal that reminded me of that on the day as well. I think within, I think within the rules, it was, I think he, he rode to the best of his ability. Like if I was connections, if I was no speak Alexander, I'd be absolutely delighted. But if I was on the second or third, you know, if you're paying training fees, and you're on the second or third, you know, the horses who wear it. I think there was another horse further back that got quite a bit of interference as well in that race. If, if memory serves me correct, just off the top of my head. Champ, um, Champ Rizalise got, got smashed as well. Yeah, I think so. And I think if you were connections of those, you wouldn't be all that happy. But, you know, it's competitive stuff here in Ireland. And, and that's like, you know, you say if it was in America, obviously it, it'd be thrown out. The winner would be thrown out, but we're not in America. And that's... That's Unfortunately, you know, I'd love to be in America right now. Jesse, we've got plans, so time is coming. We've just got a tip on a cheeky geography lesson from our Paul right there. So that's Mark and Paul teaming up again with the same pick of Mother Earth and Chris with Fev Rover. Now, a short plane ride across uh, to our friends over in Paris Longchamp with the 305 Qatar Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe. It's a group one race with 15 runners. Mark, who are we looking at here? I fancy, um, wait for it, Chris Loder's second favourite horse, Snowfall here. I know he, I think his other horse is running as well, Love, but Ryan's went for the other one. Um, 
quite sweet on this one. Um, I think you can scrap that last run. Um, sink class horse, class filly. I mean, I think Snowfall's probably the one to be here. Um, but again, this this is really competitive. I mean, you've got Adier, Hurricane Lane, uh, the Japanese horses can't be ruled out here. Um, and Tornawa was actually my original selection. Uh, Ryan was quite quite sweet on her. Um, we'll be in that one, Tornawa. Um, top horse got first run from Mars Basilica last time out. That's definitely probably the, the biggest danger to Snowfall is Tornawa, but I'll go for Snowfall here. And how about you, Paul? Who are you looking at? I'm going to go with Tarawa. Breeders' Cup turf winner last year. She's been campaigned specifically all season for this race by the master himself, Dermot Wells. Dermot Wells was, was winning Melbourne Cups when I was growing up when, when the world wasn't as small as, as what it is now. Um, you know, when he's campaigned this, this horse, he's, he said at the beginning of the season that Tarawa, whatever happened, that the arc was her target. And Christoph Sumian on board, I wouldn't, you know, he's obviously... He's a retained rider for the Agacana. I don't read anything into that. Colin Keane, I don't think we'll, we'll feel too bothered about that. I'd imagine he would have loved to, to ride Tarnawa, but I don't think that, you know, Sumion's retained by, by the Agacana and, and that's it. But I think, you know, Hurricane Lane originally was... It's interesting, I think, that, that William Buick hasn't gone for Hurricane Lane. I thought, his, I thought before his style of racing wouldn't suit that in France, but I thought he was very impressive. Um, two starts back at Longchamp at the beginning. It was about the middle of July. He won the Grand Prix de Paris. I thought he was very impressive how he quickened up the home straight. But until I seen that, I, I actually didn't think that, that the French style of racing would, would suit Hurricane Lane. So I do find it interesting that William Buick has, has sided with Adair. Um My selection is Tarnawa. One who I think can outrun is Oz. Straw was made earlier on this afternoon at the time of recording as William Haggis trained Alenquarn in his second last time out. He will need to step up an all-known form, but he's got a nice draw, forecast a bit of rain, and I could see Alenquarn outrunning his odds under jockey Tom Marquand. But for the arc itself, as far as the winning bet is concerned, I'm with the German well-trained Tanawa. And Chris, who are you holding up on? Yeah, I, I think there could be a, a surprise in this race. Uh, I'm not sure about the top end of the market. I can see why Tanawa is favourite. Just wonder, not sure about Adair. I've not seen him since the King George, and he did have a slight setback, so that would worry me slightly. Hurricane Lane as well has been on the go a few times this season. Snowfall was a little bit disappointing last time out. The Japanese horse... Don't know if it will like the soft ground. Rabiha, not sure she'll want it this deep. Love hates soft ground. She wants it on the quick side. Alenka, I think, is interesting. I've gone with one of the French uh, horses here. Uh, Bubble Gift for Gerald Mosse and Miguel Desangles. Um, this horse has been specifically targeted for the race. Won the Arc Trial. Won the uh, pre-nail Group 2 at Longchamp a few weeks ago uh got up in the final strides from an unpromising position but did well that day and uh, i was reading some of the quotes from uh the trainer michael desanglis and um he he was quite sweet on this horse's chances he, he won't mind the ground at all has got some good form was quite an eye catcher as well actually behind hurricane lane when he ran in the grand prix de paris he's ran about 100 to 1 in places i think you'll be getting four or five places on the day I just think that the British and the Irish, they're dominating too much at the top of the market. And in the last two years, we've seen Voldgeist and Sotsas, two French horses, 
win this race. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if it could maybe go to the French again. I'm not so keen about the, the ones at the top of the market there. I do think some of them are just there because we know the form and we know the trainers. I just think some of these these German and these and these French horses, they, they might be able to have a say. Um, and I think Bubble Gift could go well. I remember Inswoop as well was a horse I liked last year. I backed him at 33 to one earlier in the week. He went off about 12s in the end just finished it in second place behind Sotsas. I could see one of these kind of horses fulfilling that place in the market. And I think Bubble Gift could be that horse. So that's why I'm putting him up as my selection in the arc. Chris predicting a French revolution there with Bubble Gift. Uh, we have Mark with Snowfall and Paul with Tarnawa with the spotlight also on Alan Kerr. So lads, any other bets outside the six races that we've looked at? Any other horses you know, fa suit your fancy. Yeah, I've got a couple um, for the weekend. I'll go to the first one of them. This isn't my main bet, but just one that I thought was quite interesting. There's a big sales race on at Newmarket in the 220. I think Fear Beef will be very hard to beat. He's the class act in the race, and it's interesting that connections have put Ryan Moore. But I thought Foden was really interesting, obviously named after Phil Foden in the Midland Park Racing Colours. They're all Man City fans, a lot of them. They, they've named horses over the, over the years after De Bruyne, uh, Zabaleta, um, some other Man City players. But this Foden uh, won on soft ground, uh, and quite impressively, I remember watching the race at the time at Lingfield back in June. We've not seen him since. This is the kind of horse that Richard Hannon can do really well with. And I just thought it was quite interesting that uh, he decided to pitch him here, you know, where he could have maybe found a handicap or another kind of race for him. So I thought that was interesting. But my main bet for the weekend is going to be in the pre Della Fore, uh, the Pari at Paris Longchamp on Arc Day, five o'clock on Sunday. Um, I thought Njord for, for Jessica Harrington here uh, had a really good chance, was really unlucky in that race actually we mentioned earlier with Fev Rover. I was on Njord that day and he was really unlucky, he didn't get a clear run. But I just think the, the more the rain falls, which we're expecting the ground to be over in France, the more that's going to suit its chances. He's a double-figure price. You've got uh, um, Jessica Harrington's team in stellar form at the moment. They're going really well. And he's a horse that comes to the Fordenyard at this time, uh, time of year. He won the Balmoral Handicap at, um, at uh, Ascot Champions Day last year, beating a good field. I just think he's been threatening to win a big race of, of this nature this season. I think over seven furlongs, it's definitely his trip. So for me, Newell, I think he's going to go very close. And I think he could win the Prix de Forest. So he's going to be my nap and best bet of the weekend. Welcome to the Chris Loader Show. Uh, Chris is tipping up some, some big odds here now, Mark. He's sweet. He's don't, sweet don't, on don't, it, isn't don't he? Be get, don't be getting jealous. He's sweet on it, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, he's sweet on it. How about you, Mark? Have you got anybody outside? Any any nap to speak to return to winning form? My nap. Um, what will we go with? I think I'll go with Mother Earth. Um, I expect her to be too good in Newmarket and the Kingdom of Brains, some charity stakes. I think I just think she's three to one. I was quite surprised. I thought she'd go off around six to four. She's definitely the one to beat. Um, give a little shout out to um, Evident Beauty as well. William Haggis, Ryan Muir takes a ride. Uh, he's quite sweet on that one. And the 145 is currently a 10 to 1 shot. Um, could be a nice 30 to 1 double right there. Lovely bit of name dropping there. Mark's friend Ryan Moore. And Paul, any naps the weekend? I'm going to go with two tomorrow night at Dundalk. 
I'm going to go with in the opener, the 4.45 is the opener's over the, the minimum trip. I'm going to take a chance on the Kieran Cotter train, Pulse of Shanghai. He's got a nice draw and stall three. Previous course and distance winner, his last win was over course and distance. That was on the 12th of March, off a handicap mark of 88. He struggled on the turf since then, but he's back on his favourite artificial surface off a mark of 90. Should be well within his grasp here. And he just represents a successful partnership who are pretty dangerous to ignore in Declan McDonough and Kieran Collar. Lovely drawn stall three. I think Pulse of Shanghai can bounce back to form at a bit of a price in the 445 at Dundalk on Friday evening. And moving on to the 515, which is a listed event, also over the minimum trip. I think this could go the way of the Willie McCreary trains. Love day. Billy Lee is on board. Was last seen finishing second. Actually tipped her up against headmistress in a listed event at the Curra last time out. I think these faster five furlongs here will suit. And I think Love Day can make it two victories from seven starts. I definitely think she'll go close from Sol seven in that listed event, which goes to post at 5.15 at Dundalk on Friday evening. So there we have it, folks. We have tipped up six races across Ascot, Newmarket and Paris Longchamp and also the lads with some handy little naps, which hopefully um, we can all get lucky on um, on Saturday if you are watching the races. Don't forget that Mark will be on Racing Post Live as well, hopefully tipping up some winners there as well. Um, and as usual, if you have enjoyed the podcast and you're not already subscribed, please do subscribe um, on Apple Music or on Spotify. And also you can reach us on our social channels in case you ever want a little bit of a chat. Thanks so much and hopefully catch you guys next week. We'll be here in confessions next week. It'll be something like <laughs>